If you'll turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1, we're going to especially spend time in chapter 1 and chapter 4 this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Now, I want to introduce this to you again real quickly. The way we're going to handle 1 Timothy, this small letter with six short chapters, is to jump around in it each week and see these really important themes that we see in this letter to Pastor Timothy from the Apostle Paul, who, side page, there's there's ten things related to how we are ought to conduct ourselves in God's church or the gathering of the living God, we're called. We are the gathering of the living God and we are the family, the household of God. I pray that God would use His Word to move us towards a greater joy and a delight in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, I know that there are people here this morning that have lost grandma, um, had cancer surgery this week, and had it removed, um, have surgery tomorrow, feel the weight of loss, even of, of loved ones from three or four years ago, and it's just, just still very deep and painful, and I pray that you'd bring comfort and healing through sound teaching and doctrine in our church, not just today, but through this year. That would come from the pastors and teachers as well as the congregation. I pray that you'd be with those that are facing exciting and new challenges. I pray that they would be, they would be gripped by the sound teaching of your word and they would love it and delight in it. Those that are expecting babies and, and praying for the pregnancy to be healthy. God, those that are dealing with financial needs and struggles. I pray that you would show us how your word and the teaching of your word is sufficient to not only make us wise unto salvation, but to lead us into an ever-growing relationship with you, God, the living God, that we might trust you and find comfort and be be contented in you no matter what you bring in our, our, our way. Minister to us now from this letter that you gave through Paul to Timothy. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Timothy chapter 1. What I want to do this morning is I want to begin with an illustration, a point of this morning's message. And I want you to imagine Paul's letter to Timothy and the message of Paul's letter that to our church... By using this analogy, Um, welcome to the Family Health Seminar, and I want you to hear this message. You need to eat. More than that, you need to eat the right food. You need to be aware of food that looks good, but is deceiving Because there are food vendors and cooks who would deceive you and will give you food that looks really good, but in the end will actually poison or contaminate you. The food you need, family, 
is given to you by your father who adopted and rescued you from sure doom. This food is life-giving. It will lead to healthy growth. It will protect you from contaminants in this world. It is provided to you through His Son, who actually gave His life to secure your adoption. His Spirit helps us take and digest this food and make full use of it. This good food that this Father, our Father, supplies us, it is free for the taking. But we must discipline ourselves to actually take it, not neglect it. Stay away from anything else that would pervert or distract us from consuming the, the sufficiency of this food. And beware of enemies who will try to keep you from it. And your Father has given you this food and is prepared for you cooks. We call them pastors who are to be faithful to use the ingredients that his son supplies. Those ingredients, nor add or be creative beyond the instructions. These cooks need to care little about their own name or reputation. Instead, be devoted to the name of the father and to the health of the family. These cooks are also part of the family. And it is necessary for them, pastors, to also eat the same food as the rest of the family. They must train the other cooks to, in the church to be faithful, that they need to help in the work, they need to grow in the health with the same food, and so model the health and the good that this necessary food, which is supplied by the Father for His family. I want you to see that in this letter, that is not always easy for the average church member to read and go, well, I'm not a pastor, so maybe this isn't for me. This is for Pastor Daniel and Pastor Mike and for maybe the pastors and deacons, but this is for pastor people. This is for all of us. And this letter, I want you to see that Paul, when writing to Timothy, he says to Pastor Timothy, but not just to Pastor Timothy, but to everyone in the church, you need to be devoted to spiritual food called the Word of God and what he calls sound doctrine. And you need to be devoted to it, all of you, not just a few of you. So this is what I want to do this morning by, by looking at some portions of 1 Timothy. I, want, I wrote down four points. I want to give it to you right, right at the start. You see them also in your bulletin if you have it in the back page. The command... We need to be devoted to sound doctrine or teaching. A definition. You might say, what is sound doctrine and sound teaching? Then, so what does it matter? Why is this important? Why should I, as a member of faith or as a Christian, I'm a new Christian. This is, why for me? It is for you. And how do we do it? How do we live out this sound doctrine? Let's begin with the command. Be devoted to sound doctrine. I, I encourage you to, over the next several months, take part of your study during the week. Get an audio Bible if you have it. Listen to it. Listen to 1 Timothy over and over again. Six small chapters. You can probably read it in 15 to 20 minutes. 
But as you read it over and over again, you're going to see some things that you haven't seen the first or second time as you read it over and over again. But one of the things you're going to see is Paul, just like last week we saw Paul says, cherish the gospel, never get over it. And I hope you, if you haven't watched the American gospel, you will. If you don't have that, let us know and we'll get you a copy. Now I want you to see, be devoted to sound doctrine and watch out because there's alternatives out there. I want you to trace with me. So you're gonna, we're going to just kind of work through some passages in 1 Timothy. And I want you to see this command. It starts in verse 3. It doesn't use the word command or it doesn't use be devoted to sound doctrine. But it says, I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain in Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach a different doctrine. By the way, the word doctrine means teaching. Different teaching. And then he describes, don't do, they're devoting themselves to myths, endless genealogies. They promote speculations rather than stewardship that comes from God that is by faith. And he says, and Timothy, remember, the aim of our teaching, the aim of our charge, the aim of sound doctrine is love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. It's not hypocritical. It's real. And we love. Certain people, by swerving from these, have law without understanding either what they're saying or the things about which they make bold and confident assertions. Now, we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, Understanding that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers for murders, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers. Now listen to this. He just lists a bunch of sins some of us have been or are guilty of. And whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, now he connects it to the gospel, verse 11, in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God, which I've been entrusted. We're not going to spend a lot of time figuring out all that Paul means here other than he's saying, watch out, people are twisting the use of the law, and you know the law has a purpose, and it's, going to, and it's meant to convict and challenge. And there is sound doctrine that meant, is meant to bring, to bring about sound living. And that sound doctrine is rooted in the gospel. So now move down to verse 18. Verse 19, holding faith in a good conscience. And now let's look at chapter 4. Turn to chapter 4. You've got to remember, chapter 4 is just a few pages later. This is a letter. When you read a letter from somebody, you don't read read the first paragraph of the letter and say, next week I'm going to pick up the second paragraph of the letter from my mom or from my friend. You read it in all one setting. So we need to, boom, we write it chapter 4. Same, not far away. Now, the Spirit says, in later times, Some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons. 
The insincerity of liars with consciences are seared, who forbid marriage. So he's describing, they're, they're using God's word wrongly. They're applying it. They're adding commandments. They're, they're making things up. It's bad teaching. It's not faithful teaching. Look at verse 6. If you put these things before the brothers, the brothers and sisters in the church, you will be a good servant of Christ, being trained in the words of faith and the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do, Timothy, with silly or irreverent and silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. This is a command of Pastor Timothy. By application to me, your shepherds need to hear this. For while bodily training is some value, it's va- it is of value in every way as it holds promise to the present life and the life to come. Look at verse 12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but let set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. We're going to look at godliness next time we're in Timothy, two weeks from now. Verse 13. Until I come... Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. I'm doing that right now. We need to ask ourselves, he's reading too long. Paul says, devote yourself to the reading, the public reading of Scripture. Devote it to the exhortation. That means spiritually explaining and encouraging from the Scriptures and to teaching Do not neglect the gift that you've been given, Timothy. Verse 15, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Now one more chapter. Go to chapter 6, the last chapter, just a few verses. Go to the last phrase of verse 2 of chapter. Paul has a teaching message for Timothy. Teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words, or we could just say sound doctrine, the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He is unhealth, He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions. I'll stop there. Other than you end the letter by the last verses of this book. Look, verse 20. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. I think he's saying the teachings, the sound doctrine that comes from God's gospel. Avoid irreverent irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Grace be with you. Okay. Do you see the command that at the very least...
and the leaders of the church needs to be committed to something called sound doctrine. Whatever, we, whatever you say, well, I'm not sure what that means yet, but whatever it is, sound doctrine, not, and avoid different doctrine, watch out for irreverent babble and silly talk or myths and endless genealogies or the misuse of the law. We need, the pastors need to command, urge, teach. That's what Paul says to Timothy, and he says it over and over again. And I would say to you, as a church that is called to follow your leaders while also be part of them in the teaching of the Word, all of us are to be devoted to the same thing. You need to help me to be devoted to this. This is for your good. We have a Father who has given us food. I'm going to call it good doctrine, sound doctrine. And we are called to eat it and and digest it and live upon it. I need to do that. You need to do it. We need to teach it to others. It is meant to bring us life. That's the command. It's not just in this letter. You're going to find it in Paul's letters. So in chapter, in Titus, I know the men did a Titus study. And when they they probably came across things like this, when when talking to elders or pastors or that we're gonna, their qualifications, they need to be given, they need to know sound instruction, they need instruction of sound doctrine, so they rebuke others that contradict it. Or Paul wrote to Titus and said, Bad as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is the priority. He ends 2 Timothy with this. If you want to read on your own, I encourage you to just write down 2 Timothy 4. 1 through 5. I'm not going to read that right now. The charge, the command, faith church, whatever we do, among the many things that we are to do in honor of Jesus Christ, this it is our Father's pleasure, it's our Lord Jesus' command to us, and it is good for us that we be devoted to sound doctrine. Which leads to the second point, what is sound doctrine? Can you give me a definition, Pastor Daniel? Okay, here it is. Sound doctrine is the summary of the Bible's teaching that is both faithful to the Bible and useful for life. I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to say it in a few ways. Sound doctrine is the summary teaching of Bible's teaching that is both faithful to the Bible and is useful for life. So you could say it like this. Sound doctrine, sound teaching, we don't, is that which is faithful and useful. Faithful, get get in your mind. It's teaching that is faithful and useful. Now I'm going to describe faithful to what? If you're a faithful husband, employee, you're faithful to your boss and your company. If you are faithful in your office, you serve. It is your faithful to what you are serving. Faithful teach, sound doctrine is faithful to something specific. So I want you to see this for a minute. Sound doctrine is the teaching of God's Word. It's what happens when I preach the Word and then explain it. It's what should happen in Sunday schools. When Russ is teaching through Jonah, he's going to be teaching sound doctrine that is faithful to something and useful. And Pastor Jay and Clayton in a class, and the kids in a class, and the teens that are meeting, we are to teach the Bible, we are to teach what the Bible teaches and make sure it's faithful to the Bible. And it is useful for our lives. Okay? I said it's faithful. It's a, to say it's faithful, what do I mean by that? Here's what I'm going to add. It's faithful to at least a few things. 
And you, you already probably know it, the Bible. It is faithful to God's word. It does not take the word out of context, but it seeks to rightfully divide the word. Paul is going to write to Timothy and he says, be so careful to be a, a skilled worker rightly handling the word of God. Don't make up your own things. Don't bring your own agenda and be faithful to the written text. And that's why you need to give yourself, you need to devote yourself to the public reading of scripture. Everybody in the church needs to hear the scriptures and they need to hear it and they need to hear it. We need to do more of reading of the public scriptures because Paul said it. It may not seem cool or relevant in our day and age that needs to hurry on and keep moving on, but we need it. Faithful sound teaching is faithful to the Word of God. He says in 2 Timothy, he says, Timothy, you know how you were trained by your mom and grandma and you were raised in the Scriptures which was able to make you wise unto salvation? And all scripture is breathed out. All of this Bible, all of it, it's without error. We can completely trust it. When we don't get it, we can scratch our heads and say, I don't understand, but I'm the problem, not this book. Because this book is completely sound. It's healthy. It is not wrong in any way. It is completely truthful. And if it seems really strange and even embarrassing to the culture around us, what we see on the news or we see in... In, in social media, this word must correct that, not the world correcting this. We absolutely need it. It is breathed out by God, 2 Timothy 3 says. It's profitable for teaching and for, for reproving and for correcting our lives and for training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be complete, lacking in nothing, equipped for every good work. But it's faithful not just to the Word of God. It's faithful to a specific aspect of the Word of God. This whole Bible drives us to a centrality of Jesus Christ. You must demand from your pastors, you must demand from your your preachers and your teachers of your church not only to be faithful in teaching this book, but to make sure they get the main point of this book. And Jesus told us what the main point of this book, and He said, it's me. That the Old Testament from Moses to the prophets and to the Psalms, they all point to me. They all come to me. In fact, otherwise we could just start reading this book and we could start saying, oh, the Bible says I have to do this and I need to do this. And we get no help in realizing as we get going, we're saying, I can't do this. I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. And the more I try, I get really frustrated because I fail constantly. Or I, I kind of deceptively accomplish what God tells me to do, but really it's not from the inside out, and I become self-righteous and proud and puffed up, and I so need the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and unites me to God and me to himself, gives me his spirit and says, the cross of Jesus Christ was, tells you that you were so bad you needed a savior, Yet the cross of Jesus Christ says that God is so loving to you that if you accept his gift, he loves you in spite of your sin and makes you righteous. Sound doctrine is teaching that is faithful to the gospel. It always points us to the gospel as our motivation and the gospel that brings us to our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's faithful to the Bible. And, and let me ask, tell you this. If you were to... 
keep reading 1 Timothy, and I said to you, okay, you 1 Timothy readers, tell me something that stands out to you from your reading over and over again. And I think one of the things that you would have to point out eventually is, Timothy keeps going back to a God-centeredness. He'll, he'll break out into worship to the king of ages, immortal, invisible, only wise God. At the end of the letter, he can't help himself but to stop and worship God and who he is in an inapproachable light. Sound teaching is that which is faithful to God, his gospel of Jesus Christ, and the word of God. And I just want to lastly say this. Sound teaching is faithful in that it's genuine. It's authentic, coming from the teachers. Uh, Paul says our aim in teaching you sound doctrine is, is love to God and to you. It is that we would have a, a good conscience, that we would practice what we preach. Have you seen the falling of men and uh, women in churches? Have you seen pastors that have fallen and have just made... just? a mockery of their faith by the way they have have gone away both in their immorality and their financial fraud or whatever it may be. You know, our aim is to be genuine, to live and practice what we preach. And so if I tell you, you need to work on this, I need to look at myself in the mirror and say, Daniel, you need to work on this. You need to trust in God, Daniel. You need to trust in God. You need to understand and apply what Jesus has done for your life. I need to do that in my life. Sound teaching is faithful to God's word. Demand that it's faithful here at church. Pray that it will be faithful. Care for it faithful. But here's the second thing. It's useful. It's useful. It is meant to not just sit there and fill up your head so that you have a bunch of good answers so that you, you, you can just be the answer man or woman about the Bible. You are to read the Bible and to listen to teaching so that you go, so what does that mean for tomorrow morning? What does that mean when I struggle with sin or anxiety or lust? What does that mean when I'm struggling to just lead my family like I need to or to do my schoolwork to not cheat and to be to be respectful to my teachers or to man that music I've been consuming has been just so deadly I it just it keeps drawing me out my way my mind and my heart towards things that are not of God sound teaching is meant to be useful Pastor Mike, when he teaches the teens, or Gus, when he teaches the teens, or Jason, or all of our teachers, many of you that teach in the rotations, we are to teach that is faithful to the word, but, but is useful for their living, and so must I, so much your pastors. Sound doctrine is that which, summary of God's teaching, that is faithful and useful. It is going to be useful in that it will convict you of sin. It's... It's useful in that you sit and hear God's word and you go, guilty. I didn't do that. I don't love God like I do. I ought to. I don't trust him. It should convict us of sin, but then cause us to fall to our knees and ask God for help. It should build our faith as we, I should teach the powerful and that you would say, God, I want to follow you. I want to believe you. I want to trust you. In my day-to-day, I'm having anxiety or I'm discontent and unhappy about my life. And it shows that I don't know you like you really are. 
because you have promised me things that I just have no right to be discontent. Sound teaching is meant to point us to the usefulness of growing in contentment, growing in humility, growing in patience, growing to fight against anger, and to love what God wants us to love. It's useful and that warns us against dangers. It's, it's useful and it tells us stop when you're doing something that deadly. And beware of this. This could destroy you. I just want to give you one passage about the usefulness of Scripture. The grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. It trains us. It teaches us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify a people for Good works, to to be zealous in good works. You see, faithful to the gospel. He keeps tapping into the gospel. God, I want to just say one more thing before we move to the last two application points. It's this. Sound teaching is going to be for us to learn to connect the God's word and the gospel directly to our practical lives in ways like this. Be kind to one another. Will you be kind to your neighbor? Will you be kind to your children? Will you be, will you be kind to your coworker who is, who is just such a... Oh, I'm not going to can't say it. And will you be kind to that person in the store? Will you be kind to so-and-so that you just have a hard time being kind to? And will you forgive one another? Will you forgive the person that has hurt you? Will you forgive that spouse that seems to always ignore what you've told her or him hurts you? Keep talking to them, but will you show a forgiving attitude and not let bitterness come in? Will you forgive that person at work or your boss that stabbed you in the back? Okay, that's, that's teaching, but sound teaching needs to connect to the gospel. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32. That's sound teaching that's rooted in the gospel. See the gospel? Even as God in Christ has forgiven you. The motivation is, don't you, how can you not forgive because he's forgiven you? He's loved you much. Sound teaching is rooted in the gospel. Now, okay, last two things I want you to see is, so what? What's the big deal? Why should you and I care about faith church being committed, devoted to sound doctrine? There's, just, there's, there's more things than this. As I've studied this, three things. One is you're commanded to, we're commanded to. That should be enough. We should say, enough said. Jesus wants us to, God wants us to be devoted to this. Even if I don't understand, have no other motivation in seeing it in front of me, if he wants me to, I obey because I am his and I've surrendered my life to him. But there's more than that. Sound doctrine is our spiritual life. 
sound doctrine leads us to a kindness, like using that illustration, a forgiveness. That isn't just bare-knuckled, I'm just going to just decide I'm going to do it because I'm going to do it. It it says, I'm going to think, and I'm going to think, I'm going to think on the truth of God's word. He, He loved me, and he gave himself for me when I was a sinner and I was a rebel. He needed to forgive me. Oh, how loving he is for me. How he looks, overlooked all my offenses and instead gave sacrifice to his son. He loves me. Sound doctrine is meant to, and we need to be committed to it in this church, to be like our spiritual food, like I used at the beginning of this, the, the sermon. It is food necessary for you and me. It's, it's time, there's times when we aren't mature enough to recognize that it's necessary for us and we think we need something else. It doesn't sound so good to us. It doesn't seem as crafty and as nice as we get to those bestseller books that gives you five steps to easy success or five ways to your best you. But it is our, our life because it draws us to the saving grace of God and, and a relationship with God lived out in our lives. It teaches us how to live out our adopted lives. If you are a Christian, you are adopted by the Father. You have new rights and responsibilities. You have a Father who's now committed to your well-being and to your spanking. And He cares about you. And being rooted in sound doctrine teaches us to live out that adoption and what that really means in our lives. It's our, it's our full life. And when we give ourselves to sound doctrine, praying and asking God, the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit that gives us power in our lives to be saved teaches us and changes us. The last thing I want to say is that we need, the, we need sound doctrine because there's dangers everywhere. I'm not spending a lot of time on this sermon on this, but there's dangers in deception. There's dangers in being distracted. There's dangers of despairing. Have you, have you come close to giving up on your faith and just, just quitting the Christian life because it just didn't seem right and didn't seem fair? Oh, you need, you need the sound doctrine from shepherds, both men and women that will care and love you and point you to the truth that comes from God. And we have a tendency to divorce right living from right teaching. We need right teaching that will flow into right living. I pray that on Wednesdays, we're talking about right now about what does it mean to live in worshiping God in all of life. And we talk about the Trinity and we're talking about what true worship is and what does it mean to glorify God. I pray that it is for this purpose so that on Monday morning or a Thursday morning after Wednesday, we would apply it and so love our God more. I pray that that will happen in your life groups that you will seek to learn and be hungry for sound doctrine and so apply it to your lives. Here's the last point, application. So how do we devote ourselves to sound doctrine? Okay, this makes me um, stand at attention, then fall on my knees, and as a pastor say, am I giving myself to sound teaching as a pastor, as a teacher? Myself and Pastor Jay and Pastor Mike and, and Gus and the deacons who support us, are we committed to this? I pray we are, but we want to grow in this. 
We want to grow in having Sunday school classes that will teach you sound doctrine. And we need to train you to teach sound doctrine and to know sound doctrine. Healthy teaching that is both faithful and useful. I just, but I just want to finally apply it, but two ways. I answer the question, how do you devote yourself to sound doctrine, support your leaders, and devote yourself to their sound teaching? Okay? Support your leaders, elders, pastors, overseers. We're going to see more about that. We're going to talk about what their role is from 1 Timothy as we get into it. Here are some ways you can support your, your elders, your pastors, your overseers is praying for them in their teaching, praying for them in their walk of faith. Thank you. So many of you, you'll send me messages. you send me notes saying, I'm praying for you, Pastor Dean. You'll keep it up. I need it. We need it. Just as you need it to financially support them as a church, that's actually, we're going to get there in Timothy. It's in Timothy where he says, don't neglect Honoring financially those who teach faithfully the Word of God. Three, encourage them to prioritize sound doctrine. Encourage me to make it a priority. Encourage Mike, say, commit yourself to it. I want to free you up to do it. Encourage us to keep on and not give up when things get discouraging. And support us by helping, helping us be trained... And you be trained in the work yourself to help assist us. Do you know that deacons exist for that? We have four great deacons, Chuck and John and Scott and Lee. And there are more in training. That God, that are part of their description in Acts 6, we find the function happen. There were teachers of the word, the apostles. And there were some really important needs in the church. And they said, we better get some deacons because we can't neglect the teaching of the word, but these things are really important too. And so deacons are meant to support sound teaching in the church by freeing up pastors to be able to commit themselves to that. Deacons also teach the word. We saw that with Stephen and others. Okay, lastly, devote yourselves, you as members, to sound teaching. Would you, insofar as I'm faithful to the God's word, will you follow my word? Don't follow me, follow God. My word is, is insofar as it's following God's word. Would you attend our teaching on Sunday mornings, on Sunday school at 945? The more we have, the more classes we will have that are, are helpful in teaching, sound teaching that will be useful and faithful to God's word. Would you ask for more teaching? And don't just ask for it, be part of that teaching. There's nothing worse. Like, why don't you teach on this? And then you don't even show up. So come to that. And recruit others to make it a priority. Will you recruit others and say, hey, the word of God's really important. I don't always get excited about it. I get there, but God has something for me because I need God's word. It's my life. Would you prepare and pray for yourself as you come on Sundays or Wednesdays or when you go to life groups and say, okay, God, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, we're going to look at John in our small group or we're going to watch this gospel movie. God, help me, my mind is so off, but God, help me and my family to be focused on this and prepared for this. And, and fight apathy and indifference. We live in a culture that is flooding our lives with so much other things that can lead us to think that's not that important, but this is. Fight it and ask God to help you in that fight.
Don't trust your tendencies, your own tendencies, but live in community with your brothers and sisters in the church caring for you, praying for you, encouraging you. Send Bible verses to one another and point each other to faithful books. And if you don't know if it's a faithful book, please ask because there's a lot of, I'm sorry, there's a lot of crap out there. Really bad stuff. I'm I'm going to almost end with this. I have two sound teaching books for you this morning. One's by John Piper called Battling Unbelief, Defeating Sin with a Superior Pleasure in God. So trusting and, and battling unbelief. Do you struggle with unbelief in the practical things of your life? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this up here. It's come first come, first serve. You can either have it, read it, and pass it back to me, or read it and keep it. The other one is Grow in Grace. You want to grow in grace? Sinclair Ferguson wrote a little book. It's not long. Just 138 pages. Not only becoming a Christian, but on the process of spiritual growth and increasing in a practical living knowledge of God and His Word. And so both of those are up there. Only take it if you're committed to reading it. And I know it's first come, first serve, and I'm going to try to bring some more every, in the next several weeks that are sound teaching. I want to end with this. 2 Timothy 1 Paul says, follow the patterns, Timothy, of the sound words. This is 2 Timothy 1. Follow the pattern of sound words, sound doctrine, which you've heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted. Guard this good teaching, this deposit given to you. Faith Church... Our Father has adopted us as His children in love. And if you have not received the salvation that is in Christ Jesus and are not yet His because you have not repented and surrendered your life to Jesus, God may be calling you right now to do so or this week. But if we are His family, Jesus is our big brother, and He has made it possible that when He obeyed the Father and died on the cross, He brought us into loving union with the Father for all who trust and repent. The the Father will someday take us home, or actually He's going to come, judge, and then restore the, the world with the new heavens and new earth. And in the meantime, we are the family of the living God, the saving God, who has a mission. He gives us food to eat. Let us not neglect that food. There's alternatives everywhere that look tastier, but it's, it's bad. It's junk food at best. His food will give strength to the bones and muscles of our spiritual lives, our souls, and feed our spiritual core that we might fear Him and honor Him and know Him and love Him and trust Him and reject counterfeit gods. I invite you to the saving gift of God through Christ. Those who are saved, let's eat and let's eat and let's grow. Father, would you help us to love sound doctrine, sound teaching that's faithful to your word and the gospel and is useful to our lives. Oh God, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.